Good morning. This is Sunday Ozarks at Large. I'm Kyle Kellums. With me is Heim Goodman-Strauss, good math morning. professor at the University of Arkansas. Sorry. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning. Uh, let's see. You say you've got a lot of territory to cover, including... Well, we have to dig out from all those balls, first off. Well, that's right. There was this uh, this game. Supposed game, right. Right. And, and we had balls with numbers on them. Right. And I could put as many on this table as I wanted. To start off with. And then every time I remove a ball, say, numbered five, you could put down as many fours as you want. And, and the, the key here is you said as many. So as if many. I said 40 trillion. No, no sweat. I'll still we'll finish the game in a finite amount of time. Oh, the catch is, though, of course, that if you put, uh, once we get down to balls labeled zero, when I remove those, you can't put any, can't put any more down. And so you asked if the game could go on forever. And this wasn't much of a mystery no, to you. No, I mean, it could go on for a very long time. It might be your great-grandchildren who oh, are finishing it up. End of the universe, yeah. But but there is a finite amount. I mean, you eventually, if you nose to the grindstone, you could pull every ball off the table. Yeah, I can pull off all the fives, and then I've got a whole bunch of fours to slog through. Because you I, said I couldn't say infinity. Right. And I then, had to say and a then I pull amount. off all the fours, and I've got a whole bunch of threes to slog through. But eventually, yeah. you'd be done. So that's all there is to it. But so is there it, anything happening there with that? Well, no, I don't know. Okay. It's, a, it's sort of... It has a weird little feel. It's not sure. too terribly difficult. Right. Uh, we do have another puzzle. But first, some uh, last week, you know, we were asked about the uh, sequence in the episode of The Fringe. Yes. The Internet being what it is, uh, a listener wrote in with uh, a link to a forum that had the sequence. Now, neither one of us actually saw this show, no. right? Uh-uh. But but it, someone was reciting this to go to sleep I or some so. such thing? Yes. So in the forum, they call it the new J.J. Abrams sequence. He's uh-huh. the producer of the show, right? Right. Who He also does Lost. Right. So the sequence is 1, 2, 33, 3, 77, 2, 21, 6, 110. Does it have relevance and in, in the, the forum, mathematical a, world? In the forum, there's they seem to think not. Okay. So it may be a future plot device that only J.J. Abrams knows about, or, or the writers at this point. Right. Okay. But we had had a listener ask us. There and it now, is. Oh, very good. And also, still getting some correspondence on the smallest number you can't find on Google. Right. So this is kind of amazing. Um, uh, Michael Jarvis, who's uh, corresponded with us many times, mm-hmm. sent us a link to a forum from five years ago. Nothing new under the sun. Lots of uh, people wasting time then. <laughs> but what's kind of interesting is that all the smallest numbers that weren't Googleable then were about eight digits. I don't think we haven't found an eight digit number that's still not Googleable. Right. So uh, they're just getting eaten up. And it's good to know we're not the only ones who, you know, sit and stare and think about these things. Yeah. And then the last bit of news is a yes. friend of mine, Hop David, Hop David, has fulfilled a lifelong ambition of mine. He has a brand new Dover coloring book, which I think is pretty cool. A geometric. Oh, so I'd a like geom- to just make a quick little pitch for that. Okay, it's. Oh. So when you go to the bookstore, Barnes wow. and Noble or something, and you see these cool Dover coloring books, one of my friends now has one. I just got this in the mail today. And these are very interesting. Here's a picture of several Santas that all kind of blend yeah, together, <laughs> but mathematically. Yeah. So Cats this is called birds. Magic Mirror Image Coloring Book by Hop Hop David. Hop David, and uh, this is available nationally. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Magic mirror to, image color book. Way to go, Hop. All right. And uh, finally, we have a puzzle this week. Okay. Fire away. Okay. So, um, I don't know. You want to pick a basketball player? A basketball player? Yeah. Uh, to star in the puzzle? Well, you know who is coming to the University of Arkansas very soon is Magic Johnson. Really? Yes. He's going to be part of the Distinguished Lecture Series in October. Really? Yes. 
just oh, that's neat. So let's take Magic Johnson, one okay, of the all-time so, greats. Um, so, so we're gonna have this little setup where Magic Johnson uh, takes a shot, mm-hmm. makes it, mm-hmm. takes a shot, misses it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now from now on, every single time. Oh, I should tell you where this puzzle comes from. Please. This is from the Putnam exam from 2002, the famous Putnam exam. And the Putnam exam doesn't get you really anywhere. It just tells you if you're among the best mathematics undergraduates in the country. So this is an exam. We've talked about it before. It's scored out of 120 points. Each each, question is worth uh, 10 of those. Mm -hmm. And And a good score is considered? Well, the median score is zero. (laughs) The Wait, how can that be the median? <laughs> well, most people score zero or yeah, okay. one point. Right? Okay, all right. And then, uh, but then, you know, a handful of people will routinely, every year there'll be, you know, a few scores in 80, 90, 100, and you 110. Can, you can take range. this year after year. As long as you're an undergraduate for four years. Right? Oh. So. Okay, gotcha. Now, some of the puzzles, they're great puzzles. They're Some of them are hard, well, obviously. But this one, I think, can be done by a little experimentation. So this is from the 2005 Putnam? Yeah, okay. 2002. 2002, all right. Yeah, they're obviously usually pretty all right. hard. Okay. Okay, so uh, Magic Johnson takes mm-hmm. a shot, mm-hmm. uh, makes it, takes another shot, misses it. So now he's one for one, right? Right. Now one from, for two, you mean? In sports lingo, that'd be one for two. You've taken two shots and you made one of them. Okay. Just trust me on that. So he's one for one two. For one two, for two. Of course. Right. Right. One for okay. two. And so from now on, the probability of making a shot is exactly proportional, exactly the same as the amount of shots made so far. So now the third shot, it's one for mm-hmm. two. He has a 50% chance, a one-half chance of making the next shot. Okay. Right? Right. Well, right. no, that's the setup. Of the okay, 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 I got you. All right. And now, so, so for example, if he made it, then he'd have mm-hmm. he'd be two for three. Two, two out of three, right? And so he'd have a two-thirds shot of making the next one, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And the question is, um, okay, what's you know, in general, after say ten shots, mm-hmm. uh, what's the probability of having made exactly half of those? What's the probability of being five for five after ten ten shots? You mean five of ten? He's made five. five and he's missed five. So in other words, what you're asking is after 10 shots by Irvin Magic Johnson using this. The, well, basically, you're more likely to get it if you've been doing well so far. You're mm-hmm. less likely to get it if you've been doing right. poorly so far. So what are the chances? What's the probability after 10 shots of having made five of them? Okay. Well, but more generally, what's the probability of, of having made you know so many shots if you've made so many chances what's the general formula for those that are into that sort of thing yeah i guess i really don't understand i mean f- indulge me here for a second why isn't it just a 50 percent chance that you will have made 50 percent of the shots well that's a good so oh, now there's lots okay. of there's that's actually first of all there's a lot more possibilities right if you mm-hmm. have if you made uh 10 so, 10 shots you could have made none of them one of them two of them three of them right and so on. So there's a lot more possibilities than they're just 50. Right. right. So if you've taken 10 shots, you might have hit one right. through 10 now the other or thing, zero through 10. Now, the other thing is that's really uh, we're going to talk about next week is that if you um, say instead of just think of coin tosses, right? Mm-hmm. So um, what is the probability that if you make so many coin tosses that, you know, some number of them will be heads or tails? That actually follows a bell curve. Actually, not just kind of like a bell curve. It follows the bell curve. Over time, and so we'll discuss. Yeah, we're, that. and we're talking a series as opposed because it's always fifty percent on one individual. On one individual one, but on the whole, you expect I them see. to kind of average okay. out with with coin tosses, where there's no where the probability is always the same every single right. toss. 
Um, you'd be very, very unlikely, for example, that you'd have uh, 10 heads in a row, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but this is a little different. The probability depends on um, how you've been doing so far. So the more heads you have, say, with this mm -hmm. kind of weird setup, right. the more likely the next one's going to be a head. I see. So if you hit the first one and you miss the second one, you're one of two, it's mm -hmm. a 50% chance in, uh, in our little of setup here, the third, third one. one. A 50% chance of missing the third one. Right. If you make the third one mm -hmm. and you're two of three now, you, so you've hit 66.6%. Two-thirds. <laughs> two-thirds, right. As we say in math language, <laughs> two-thirds. <laughs> so, so you have two-thirds chance of making the fourth one. If you make that, you've got 75% of making... Right. But then, of course, there's all kinds of crazy possibilities. Right. You might have missed I that see. one, made right. that one, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So. This is... I don't know why, but this slightly reminds me of that game on uh, Price is Right, Plinko. Oh, you know, that's, that's a good point. See, Plinko... <laughs> I've made two of them. No, this is see, amazing. See, Plinko is exactly where every single ball that's going down... Mm -hmm. So Plinko is where you drop a ball in the top and it bounces off It bounces off, off nails, those right? nails or whatever. See, that exactly is where it has exactly a 50% chance of, as, it hit, as the ball hits each nail, of going one way or the other. It's just like a coin toss. Right. But and, since there are 20 levels, say... Yeah. There are, by the time you get down, there are far more. Yeah, but you almost certainly will end up in the middle with as many, or close to the middle, with about as many right times the ball hits the nail on the left as hits on the right. So you're more likely. But that's a different, that, so Plinko okay. is more like the coin tosses. Okay. And in fact, if you, as in many, many science museums, they'll have an exhibit where you drop, it's like Plinko times a million, you know, uh -huh. you dump, dump a whole bunch of ball bearings down sure, to the top. Sure, sure, I've seen and that. And then the bottom, it comes out pretty close to a bell curve, okay. the bell curve. But what we're talking about here, just is, to be, is, is not the bell curve. No. And so what is the probability that Magic Johnson, in this scenario, has hit 5 of 10 at the end? All right. Next time we'll talk about the bell curve. That I, sort of I, steals I, next week's thunder. Well, the, well, but the bell curve. The bell curve is always big. You yeah. know, people are always interested in that. Heim, thanks a lot. Okay, see you later, Kyle. I'm Goodman Strauss as a math instructor, math professor at the University of Arkansas.